are listening to the Echo Church Podcast, and we are on a mission of rescue and restoration into a vibrant and fulfilled life. We believe this, that God created guidelines for our freedom, that there's joy that's that we can experience within a few fences, uh, that, that he's not trying to be a joy killer. He's trying to bring joy to our life, but it's in the parameters uh, that he has written, that he has acknowledged, that he has spoken into the hearts of man, and we can see through his word. And in Exodus 12, uh, it's, it's, the, uh, it's really the, the account of the Ten Commandments. And if you're anything like me, you don't like commandments. You don't like being told what to do. And for sure, if they're written in kind of a, a negative format. And so for this series, uh, just for understanding uh, and, and maybe just inspiration of how we could live within our best type of relationship, uh, I've kind of reframed these or, or reworded them in more of a positive form. So, so if anything, you don't hear anything else and you hear this today, uh, if you want a better relationship, no matter what type it is, if it's a work environment, if it's uh, a dating, engaged, or marriage, uh, or it's your family, a mother, father, son, daughter type of relationship, man, apply these to your life and you will see change occur. And that's this, it's number one, be a person of honor. In your relationships, be committed to give life, not take away life. Be committed to that relationship. Uh, and then have integrity. Be a person of integrity. Be, be uh, a person that speaks honestly. I mean, if we just applied that to our Minnesota nice culture, man, maybe there'd be less friction. And then lastly, uh, that last commandment is to be a person and be people that find contentment, find a satisfaction with what God has given you. And last week, we talked about uh, the power of the mind and how the mind really sets up our relationships first and foremost. And I don't have time to talk about it, so I'm not going to, but, but check out our podcast. Listen to that, that, uh, that message, and I, I really believe that God will begin to move in your heart and in your mind. But what we did last week is we started looking at Matthew chapter 5. And so if you have your Bibles, open up to that. We're going to turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. And in the context of this scripture, what Jesus has done is he's, he has begun to make reference to the Ten Commandments. Not all of them, really the second half. Because I believe Jesus is helping redefine or reframe up healthy relationships. So what you have to understand in that day and age, people came into uh, the temple, they, became in, they came into the place of worship, and, and some of them are really prideful because they were just really excited they hadn't murdered anybody that day, or yet. They hadn't, they hadn't stole anything from anybody, maybe they weren't envying or coveting someone else, and, and they were kind of standing strong on it. And, and, and a lot of us, we can look at the uh, the Ten Commandments, and, and we can kind of just say, no, that's the Old Testament. We should forget about it. Well, what Jesus does is, again, like I said, he begins to reframe it up. He starts addressing that, and we find it here in verse 27. Kind of a heavy topic, just uh, to, to warn you, but hang in tight. About midway through the message, man, we'll get a few laughs by hearing a little bit more from Pastor Bruce and Sherry uh, and as we just glean some wisdom from them. But Matthew 5.27 says this, You have heard that it was said. Again, this is him making reference to the Ten Commandments. You shall not 
commit adultery. But verse 28 says, But I tell you that anyone who looks upon a woman lustfully has already committed adultery in her and or his heart. Here's the deal. Man, God has just leveled up the command. He's kind of painted this picture that it's not just about the action, it's about the heart of why you're doing what you're doing. And then it gets really intense in the 29. It says, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown in hell. The interesting correlation, if we keep on following what is said, is he goes right into the next Ten Commandments without even mentioning it here, but he's alluding to it, and he says this, but if your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away because it's better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown into hell. See, what I've been trying to tell you is adultery starts with the eyes, but it'll eventually lead you to your hand. See, adultery, yes, could be a physical action, but what Jesus is teaching us is it starts with our eyes. It's what we let ruminate in our minds and our conscience. But if we're not careful, what it is, it's a slippery slope into an action, an action that will begin to steal your life away. Begin to steal the life away from another person. Y'all get what I'm saying? You commit adultery. You think you're, you're getting something for it yourself, but the truth is, is you're stealing something. You're giving something away, and I believe that's the joy that God wants for you to experience. And again, we can look at it just in the physicalities of adultery, but I, have to, I just have to mention this. I believe that God is trying to speak a little bit more about our relationships and warn us before we ever even get to that point. Here's my big point. This is, this is kind of what I want to, the point I want to make today is how we manage, how you manage your eyes and how you shape your perspective or your perception, that will ultimately determine the health of your relationship. God has given this as a choice. He's in essence, I think, setting up a framework, which is, like I said, we're just kind of leaning on the Ten Commandments, for healthy relationship. Healthy relationships. But what I've, what I've seen through this uh, topic, uh, and what we're going to talk about here in a moment, I just kind of want to throw it out there so you understand it, is the healthier or the heavier the commitment, the harder it is to maintain the health of the relationship. So just think about the context of a relationship that maybe you're having a little tension in, maybe some misunderstandings. It could be, like I said, work. It could be your, your, uh, your family scenario. It could be uh, whatever. You just, you just name it. Uh, I think you'd understand that the heavier the commitment... Let me say it like this, the heavier the covenant, man, the harder it is to maintain the health of the relationships. And the way I can prove this to you is, as I had mentioned last week, for you to go to your barista and give him or her a tip. That relationship has a pretty light commitment level, right? I can promise you this, they are not disappointed that you didn't tip them this week. They didn't lose any sleep about it. At the same time, I want to tell you, because of the concepts of what we're talking about and, and just the, this, the heavy nature of, of, of uh, some of the things that you've experienced, some of the choices that you've made, I just want to tell you at the beginning of this message to hang in. Just hang in there. And I also want to tell you this. 
Man, I'm not sitting up here, and when Christy joins us, we're not sitting up in here positioning ourselves as a person of judgment. We're not placing ourselves in a place of disappointment. We just want to position ourselves as someone that just believes in you. And we love you. And we want to support you, no matter the baggage that you walked into this place with. Understanding that, man, God wants the best life for you to experience. Now, when it comes to adultery and it's starting uh, with your eyes, I, I, I think uh, the best way for us to understand this is to begin to understand that there are three main lenses in which we can see relationships. If relationships have a correlation with what we see and how we see something, our perspective, our perceptions, then, man, we better get that perspective correct. And the first lens that I want to talk about that I think is very common in this culture is what I call the lens of entertainment. Everybody say lens of entertainment. I'm not sure why these were sitting around at my house, but these are known as rave glasses. We're all about the rave, baby. Not really here. Scott wanted to get a good, really good picture. I'm, I might run into this. Ooh, that light. That's man. <laughs> I hope I can get back to this room. Okay. If we're not careful, we perceive that our relationships are only worth what we receive from them. If we're not careful, we view our relationships in the perspective and the vision of what our wants are, what our needs are, what our desires are. And when that tap runs dry, we just move on to the next. Y'all get what I'm saying? When our love tank is empty, if we have this lens on, the lens of entertainment, what, what does this relationship have in for me? When our love tank empties, we know what we do. We just go on to the next gas station. And we move on. And what I want to do is just right in the beginning here, and I'm trying to frame up this idea that adultery is affected by our vision and our perspective. If you are in a relationship and your perspective is what is it in for me, it is a sight with the end in mind. I'm getting dizzy. The lens of entertainment, man, is, is a place that will lead you to a place of disappointment. I don't think it's a healthy expectation. I don't think that's the biblical model to view our relationships in. Uh, let me say this. I believe that Jesus in that Matthew scripture was saying this without saying that wherever your eyes look, your hands will follow. On a deep practical level, the question I want to ask you today is what are you looking at? Who are you looking at? Who are you allowing to influence you? If we're not careful when we are looking for that entertainment piece and, and, and maybe finding some self-worth or finding some value and how someone else is bringing it to your relationship, what happens is comparison starts creeping in. And what I've learned and what I've experienced is this, is comparison will begin to kill. And in your relationship, if you have this lens, 
You have this lens of entertainment. If you've submitted to this idea that this relationship and the relationships you're, you're in are just for you, you have the end in sight. I hate to break it to you. You will be disappointed. Now, because of the heavy nature of this, we decided to lean in a little bit to a few of our mentors. We thought it'd be kind of fun to have a conversation uh, with some people that have spoken life into our uh, relationship and given us advice. And we just think that these are the coolest people that we know. And we thought it'd be worth for you to get to know them a little bit. So please uh, uh, lean in and uh, listen and be entertained and glean some wisdom from our friends, Bruce and Sherry Calise. Right now, we are sitting in one of our favorite homes, Bruce and Sherry Kalisa's house, and we have known these guys since 2003, and they serve as Echo Overseers. They are Annie and I personal mentors, and they are wonderful friends and human beings. And so we thought it would be a great opportunity to sit here with them, talk marriage, relationship, and just get real for you guys. So you're in for a treat. You guys ready? No. No. <laughs> Sherry loves the camera. I hate this. <laughs> I'm going to say a word, and you're going to tell me the first thing that you think of when I say the word. Oh, boy. Okay? Love. Family. God. Marriage. Wonderful. Tidy whities. No longer a part of my life. <laughs> Books. Boring. Jillions, billions that he never looks at. He doesn't read, but we collect books. Flirting. Oh, funny. Fun. I would go down to her office. She was always a secretary for someone at the college. And I would flirt all year long with her. I, I worked on the Nicolette Mall at Northern States Power. And I would come out and they would have these great big planters full of all kinds of flowers and I would pick them like crazy. Because it was 1.30 in the morning, there was no cops there. And <laughs> So, and I would just bring her in the most gorgeous bouquets of flowers all, all summer long. And flowers. Maniac about them. Now I give them away. <laughs> I try to make up for my bygone years. When was your first kiss first? Well, I probably shouldn't say this. No, honey, I'm not kidding you. Do not, honey. I'm, I'm not kidding you. Do not. <laughs> just, just. I came out of the school once and saw her making out with somebody. And I went, Golly! Really? Okay. It took him forever to kiss me. It, it took him forever. And in fact, when he finally did, he pretended to be putting a necklace around my. And, and then finally, he was just close enough and he could kiss, I guess. I don't know. She made it easy. <laughs> she slipped me the Hey! <laughs> oh, for Pete's sake. Now don't put that in there, and I'm not kidding you. And I would have been content to flirt with her for years, except one, one night I was dropping her off at her grandmother's house, and she said, I just have one question. Is this relationship gonna go any place? or am I gonna have to look someplace else? And I go, it's gonna go someplace. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gonna waste any more time with no. him. If he, he was just scared of marriage, of 
dating, everything. Yeah. So. My, my mom and dad were divorced and my dad killed somebody and spent time <laughs> in the state penitentiary. <laughs> so, yeah, so then he goes, yeah, I am going to ask you to marry me, but just not, not right now. So then, then a little while later, he went and bought me a little engagement bracelet with Jade. Jade. Jade yes. And as far as I know, she never wore it once. <laughs> I'm not a jewelry person. <laughs> Where'd you guys get married? We got married at Sherry's Home Church in Bloomington, um, Minnesota. Awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Has it been a wonderful 43 years? Yeah, it has. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Do you guys remember your first date? Oh, we remember the first time we saw each other. Yeah. We just went back to North Central and we went right to that spot and I remember her standing there and uh, <laughs> I pretty much fell for her. <laughs> I got a Valentine card from her this morning that she made and she said, you're the best thing that ever happened to me and I'm yeah. still in love with you. Yeah. So he got up early to go to Bible study and he had his clothes laid out and I laid it right on there. Good job. Yeah. Good job. And then... <laughs> Honeymoon. Okay, ours was a little cheap, but in order to go to the bathroom, we had to go over the hill to the outdoor toilet, which wasn't really ideal when you're on your honeymoon. <laughs> no, it's not. No showers, nothing. Arranged marriage. Oh, her her folks would have never yeah. arranged a marriage with me. <laughs> they loved you, honey. Like, is there anything looking back, whether it's a lesson you learned or you wish you would have done better at, or just prioritizing your marriage when there's a lot on your plate with raising kids? Love covers a multitude of problems. Um, one of the great things would be we had three boys. Whenever I'd say, I want to take the boys golfing or I want to take the boys fishing, she would go, yes. For sure. Yeah. You get a sherry day out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Mother's Day, go kids. ahead, take the kids. That's yep. the best gift. Yes, yeah. just for rest. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And I think we always did stuff to be sure we did stuff together too. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of times you can read the Ten Commandments and especially the last six and I'll be like well I don't do those things I'm good but taking it another step further on the daily application and pursuit of the way God wants us to live again you guys are going through a series on the Ten Commandments I was looking at that from the perspective of God and Adam uh, perfect friends and yet God gave Adam everything and he said uh, uh, name the animals and take dominion and and uh, later on when Eve was in the picture bear fruit and and multiply but I was thinking of their relationship uh, God gave them one prohibition he said I don't want you to eat from the tree uh, of the knowledge of good and evil and I think that prohibitions or commandments um, can bring security. Is it proper to be in a relationship and have a prohibition? Yes, it is. I, I think my best friend, um, I would do
do anything. What I have is his, except my wife. And maybe a few other things. I mean, he, he can't take my bank account. But I think a, a, a prohibition is a, is a good thing. Mm -hmm. And it, it brings security. I've just learned that if I have low expectations or none, then I'm not disappointed. And that's just my personality, too. Well, I think it's funny that you say that because I think you have a lot of expectations. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Like because, what? Well, the truth is, is if he cheats on you, you have an expectation. Oh, well, of, oh, of course. Said, oh, yeah. She said if I ever cheated once on her, I would be gone. I would be dead meat. Yeah. And uh, I said, well, if you did it, I, something like that, I wouldn't like it, but I would forgive you. We're <laughs> <laughs> so stinking different. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm thinking small things, uh, expectations in, in small things. Aren't they awesome? So if there's any two people that have influenced Andy and I, it's these guys. They are the real deal, as you just witnessed. They're amazing. So we're very thankful that they're willing to be interviewed and where we could share that with you guys today. If you couldn't tell, Bruce is an Enneagram 9 and Sherry is an Enneagram 1. <laughs> if you're an Enneagram fan, we think it's hilarious how it showed up in that interview. And if you don't know what the Enneagram is, we'll do a series on it here after Easter. So hang tight. Stay tuned. Come back. <laughs> Uh, the truth is, is uh, in this video, you can see the polar opposites in some respect. And there's this uh, far end of today's culture is believing that relationships are all about, you know, what is it, you know, that, that entertainment concept. It's what is it in or what's in it for me. On the flip side, there's that far end, end uh, thought and lens to begin to believe that you're in the relationship to fix them. It's, called, it's what I call the lens of judgment. Now let me just pause before I move forward. Some of you, you can come into Echo and hearing some of the things that we talk, we're talking week after week after week uh, and start, begin to believe, start believing that, man, what is this relationship? Relationship are all about expectations. It's all about like, you know, all these rigid rules and all that stuff. I just want to pause and tell you that, yes, there are expectations. We think that, like, that's the healthiest, the, the healthiest relationships that you can be in are the spo having spoken expectations, setting parameters and boundaries. And uh, at the same time, I want to remind you this. God made relationships for joy, for love, and fulfillment. I really do believe that. And, and, uh, and so with that in mind, I think on the very far end, uh, and I know I relate to this one, uh, we can put a new lens on or have another lens called the lens of judgment. And what I have here, and Christy, do you want to put these on this time? Be You'd be honored. <laughs> it's some welding goggles. Does anybody understand welding at all? Uh, I grew up in a home. My dad had a welder, and, and he'd remind me, oh, look at her. Anybody want to say thank you, Jesus, for Christy? Yes can't see anyone. <laughs> My dad would explain to me as a child that if I were to go by him while he's welding is to put some safety glasses on. 
If you've never put welding goggles on, what you'll notice is, man, they are dark because they need to dim down the bright light of the flame. And I think when it comes to, oh, Christy, you do have some passion. So, well, what happens is if you are committed to, to a relationship, I think a long-term relationship, it's easy to put some safety goggles on and you feel like at points uh, it's your job to fix the other person. See, when you're welding, that's kind of the job, right? It's to fix, it's to refine, it's to, to mend and to, to make something better. But if you're not careful, what you, what you do is instead of fixing things, you begin to burn the house down. Because you have to understand that it's not our primary role in a relationship to fix the other person. We can be tricked to believe that refinement, we're called to refine someone else. But the truth is, you're called to be in a relationship for refinement. Mm -hmm. But that's not your job. I believe it's God's. And so if you have that torch and you're sitting there trying to weld something, and if you're not careful, what you end up doing is walking around in your relationships and all you do is just burn people. Because the only way you can really see better is if there's a flame in front of you. And it's just a means and a method that we begin to learn. And, and I just want to just paint these two opposite spectrum contrasting lenses, a lens of entertainment, and yet there's a lens of judgment. Christy, do you want to add to this? Yes, I'm taking these off. <laughs> I have a headache, guys, for real. No, I was thinking too, I didn't share this last hour, but as far as judgment goes, I think one thing one thing that I've struggled with, even as a mom of three kids, is that when they're not doing well or they're acting out, that it, I instantly go that it's a go to it's a reflection of me as a mom. So like they're not behaving, so I'm a bad mom. And I think that a lot of times we can compartmentalize or we associate those type of things. I don't know if that's for anyone in this room. But I also was thinking about sunglasses. I know we're doing the goggle thing, but you know when you're wearing your sunglasses. And, or you're outside and it's super bright and you go in and you have to refocus or like adjust and it takes a couple minutes. But then there's the people that like keep the sunglasses on, like too cool for school. I wear sunglasses on in the house all the time. Just I did kidding. that yesterday. Did you? Yeah, I went in. <laughs> I went into some store and I kept my sunglasses on because oh. I wanted to read what I was looking for. Well, that's because we're getting old and you have prescription <laughs> sunglasses, babe. <laughs> I'm talking like you're wearing them because you don't need oh, them. Okay. okay, that's okay. That's just middle-aged. It's okay. But uh, honor. Honor. I love you. Submit an honor. <laughs> but but seriously, I think that a lot of times it's the judgment, but it's the separation, like I'm too cool, or it's you that has the problem. Like I'm separating myself and I just had that visual and maybe it's for someone here. So we'll see. Report back. Tell me guys. But um on a serious note. A couple years ago, Andy and I, we were visiting some friends out of town and had pizza and our kids were sleeping. And so we um, were having a great time with them and they ended up, we were out of town and because we could focus because our kids were resting, they ended up confiding in us that night that they had struggled in their marriage with a moral failure. And it obviously got super heavy really fast and we cried with them and we prayed and we just were talking about everything and just being transparent. And when we got in the car that night, it was a, there was a blizzard. So we were driving like all these random country roads to get home safely because of the drifts and whatnot. And as Andy and I were driving, 
something significant happened. And I don't know if you guys have heard her story or watched her video that's online about the light bulb in her car. And so when we decided that, when we had the conversation, like we're going to plant a church and we're going to start a church, and we had this conversation driving the light bulb in our car had turned on. Well, what I haven't told people is that there's two times our light bulb turned on in that car. And that night we were driving and I looked at Andy and I just said, I feel like God is telling me right now that we need to lean into each other, that we need to focus on each other, that we need to be like more raw than we've ever been. And when I said that, the light bulb in our car turned on and we started laughing. This was the second time it had happened and we were just like, this is ridiculous. Like the only two times it had turned on were those two significant moments. Unfortunately, we sold our car. So if you guys want the Holy Spirit G-Ride, it's not in our, not in our name anymore. <laughs> but maybe some glitches, technology stuff going on there with the computers. But for us, it was that moment of I took it as a warning. And maybe there's a warning in your life right now that God's been whispering, God's been speaking to you about, and we just want to challenge you to listen to the warning that God is speaking to you about. Because for us, we weren't natural, like in a moment, we weren't struggling with other things like within our marriage, but it was a warning for me to lean into God and not go into, you know, like shutdown mode. Because if I'm being real, like that season we were in, we were up against a lot of stuff. We were struggling just like in transition in our life. And I think that so often that our partner or the people that you're closest with, whether it's your best friend, your sibling, your parent, if you're in a relationship, that it's really easy to shut down. And I have been at moments, I've punished Andy for something that he doesn't deserve. I'm not letting him in. I'm not being intimate. I'm not being transparent or being vulnerable with the things that I'm struggling with. And so for that moment, it was God warning me to lean into him. Yeah, we, we just think today is, is all about a reminder. Mm-hmm. A reminder that how you see, what you see is maybe worth in a relationship or what you're in the relationship for. And let's allow the Lord to begin to redefine it. Mm-hmm. So to redirect our vision, understanding that if we... We see something in a certain way that eventually our hand will follow. Our actions will follow. And I want to tell you a story about uh, Jesus in John 8. And Jesus, it said that he was teaching in the temple. And as he was teaching in the temple, I don't know if you know this, but in the Jewish context, he would have been sitting on a chair of authority. In fact, it would have been kind of opposite. He would have been sitting, and you would have been standing, and you would have been uh, just you know, gleaning off the teaching of Jesus. And that, that particular day, Jesus was teaching, and it said that the Torah teachers and the Pharisees drug in this woman who had been caught in adultery. And I can just imagine... Uh, Maybe the screaming and the yelling and the interruption of, of that service or that, that moment of teaching. And I can hear people jeering and I can, I, can, I can hear people questioning what's going on and trying to figure out the scenario. But what ends up happening is Jesus takes a step off of his chair of authority. 
And I think this was a moment that where people were probably at the, the edges of their seats, figuratively speaking, or they're just wondering, what is Jesus going to do next? In fact, the scriptures mentioned that the Pharisees had done this to test Jesus, to see how he would respond. And, and this is one of the most like kind of uh, difficult passages to really try to figure out. Uh, Jesus gets up off the chair, and what he ends up doing is said he went and kneeled down. And he began to write in the sand. And just as he was beginning to write in the sand, the Pharisees said, Hey, Jesus, let me just remind you that Moses, he said this type of woman needs to be stoned. And Jesus didn't respond. He sat there. And they began to write in the sand again. And then he said this. He said, you know what? The first person that can throw a stone is this person that has not sinned yet. The man or the woman without sin, let him throw the first stone. And then what did Jesus do? He leaned back. And again, he, he began to write in the sand. And man, theologians and pastors and, and historians, man, we, we love to try to figure out what he, he wrote in the sand. But I, I actually tend to believe that it's not necessarily what he's writing in the sand, but it's the posture and the position that he's in. Jesus, person who has every and all the authority in that scene, what does he do? He gets on his knees. He gets on his knees and he begins to serve. He begins to care. He begins to give a woman another chance. And so as the people started to walk away from the scene and said that the oldest started and then ended up with the youngest walking out and Jesus looked at the woman caught in adultery and he said have they condemned you? she said no Jesus can just imagine I, we can't really know this but I can just imagine him looking right into her eyes and saying nor do I Again, how my mind works, I just have this idea that he helps her up. I think the significance in that moment is he helps her up. He says, I'm not going to condemn you. But then he looks at her with love and some grace and says this, but I command you to sin no more. The last lens that I just kind of want to present you today is this, is the lens of Jesus. Jesus walked into relationships with a lens of grace and truth. And I just kind of wonder, what if we would walk into our relationship with that perspective? We're not walking into relationships with this idea that there's, there's entertainment and it's everything is all about me. And at the same time, we don't walk into a relationship thinking that we can fix it, that we can make it right. We can, we're, we're the Savior. I just wonder if we could be a people that would begin to just adopt the perspective and the lens that Jesus has adopted. See, I think that Jesus did this. He lowered himself. He refused to throw the stone. He gave another chance. 
And then he commanded the woman to sin no more. And this is what I want to leave you with. If you want to save and redeem your relationships, start with serving within it today and adopt some biblical, healthy expectations and communicate them. You just close your eyes. You just bow your heads as we just contemplate what I've said, what Christy has added to it, what Pastor Bruce and Sherry has brought to the table. I think Jesus has painted this beautiful picture, this beautiful image as an illustration of how our relationships could change starting today. Just in the quietness of this moment, I want you to think about the last time that you looked into your spouse's eyes in just the real moments of just leaning into each other beyond just looking past them or a quick glance. I'm talking about the intimacy of looking at each other and not things of this world. And if you are not married and you are single or you're dating or you're in transition, just in your life right now, just I'm talking about your relationship with God too. When's the last time you looked at God? in that moment of surrender and giving it to him. And we just want to challenge you guys to allow him to refocus you. And just as far as whatever lens that you are wearing, whatever glasses you are wearing that you need to take off, allow him to make it not blurry and to make it clear and concise. Allow him to redirect your path. If it's him just giving you, you know, just a new map and just realigning your steps allow God to give you that moment in regards to just changing your expectations and surrendering it to him. There are some of you that have walked into this church, someone invited you. As you're listening to this message, you're intrigued by this person named Jesus. You're intrigued by this concept that Jesus has spoken of, that he's lived, that he's shown us. I just sense some of you, as most of us in this room have done, we need to receive Jesus as our Savior. You've come in here with a relational, you just need a relational restart. And we believe that it starts with Jesus. We cannot give a love that is complete unless we've first received it. And God did that for us for free. Because he loves us. He wants to show you. He wants to lead you. But it starts with surrender. And so Echo, just sitting there, what I want to do is I want to pray with some of those people that need to make this their prayer of their life. As we pray this every week, maybe every day for some of us, I want to invite those that have never prayed this type of prayer to receive Jesus as the key. Let's pray. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name, in his authority. And everybody said, 
I want to pray for you today. Jesus, we just understand that there's a number of people that walked into Echo with some baggage. Now, there's some people in here, God, and they just have some, a certain level of regret. But there's others, people that you just walk in here, God, and they just need forgiveness. And there's others that just need that relational reset. And God, I believe that's what you're in the business of doing today. God, change our vision, change our perception, change our perspective of what life is all about, what relationships are all about. Jesus, I just ask, God, by your power and by your leading and your Holy Spirit, God, that you would redirect our paths because we understand that our vision will eventually lead to how we manage our life, what we touch, what we don't touch, God, God, what our life will look like. And so, Jesus, today, we surrender. We ask that you would show up. And, God, that this wouldn't be a message of condemnation, God, but this would be a message of hope. God, this would be a message of inspiration. God, that you would inspire us to walk in and back into the relationships that we're in and to begin to serve people. God, to refuse to throw the stone. God, and not to condemn them, but God, to bring healthy relationship and communication. God, that we'd receive that and we'd also give that. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Thank you so much for listening to the Echo Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take just a second to share it with a friend or family member who might need to hear this word today. And if you're feeling alone, lost, have a question, or want help with anything, please reach out to us. We are theecho.church slash contact. We would love to help you no matter who you are or where you're at. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to learn more, make sure to head over to that website, wearetheecho.church, to get all the details and upcoming services and events.